praise him in this house. Thank you, Jesus. No weapon. You know, the Bible tells us that weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not, it's not that left and right hook. It's not that sword. It's not that gun. It's not that... Uh, stick, whatever it is you fight with. It's, it, it's not carnal. There's, nothing. There's a bomb, no bullet, no knife, no throwing stars. Some, I know some of you guys like that stuff. So, you know, nunchucks, all them things, you know. They don't work. It's not that. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Mighty through God. God inhabits the praises of his people. Our weapons are mighty through God. Hello, come on. Two plus two is four, come on. <laughs> if, our, if they're mighty through God and God inhabits the praises of his people, our praise is a weapon. It's a, it's, that's the weapon of our warfare. And God proved that uh, uh, when he sent the armies of Israel out. He said, put the singers out in front and as they're headed forth, let them go forth saying, praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Now, maybe that don't sound like much to you, but it caused armies to be defeated. It struck fear in the heart of Israel's enemies. More than the, the clanging of swords against shields, it was the voices of people going, Praise the Lord! For his mercy endures forever. Their, it wasn't their sword, it wasn't their shield, it wasn't their spear, voice. I didn't know what they were singing today. I, didn't, I didn't, sure didn't even know. I promise you, I didn't know what I was preaching when I got here today. But the title is the, the power of what we speak. Let's just pray for the lesson and get with it. Jesus, we love you so much and thank you today. Thank you for what you're doing in this house, for your presence that we feel. Lord God, I just ask you to help us today to hear what the Spirit would say. And Lord, that we would speak the things that you want us to speak. And Lord, we just give you praise and honor and glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise. You want to give your situation a black eye right now? Go ahead and lift up some praise to the Lord. You want to run the enemy off right now? Go ahead and praise God. Hey, Paul and Silas, they didn't have a key or a hacksaw, but when they began to sing praise to God, the doors flew open and the chains fell off. I'm telling you, God gave you a weapon in your praise. There's power in what we speak, things that we say. Words, oh, we teach our kids, you know, be kind because words are powerful. We, we teach them early on, mainly, you know, words are hurtful because we, we don't want them to be ugly and, and say ugly things to people and hurt their feelings. And, and you know as well as I do that somebody can say something even in the heat of the moment and how it affects you. All of a sudden, you, you're, you're angry or you're sad or uh, you're hurt. It's the, the power of what was spoke to you that, affected you in a certain way. It may cause, you know, uh, you could speak something to a kid sometime or say something and it caused them to turn around and run out of the room and slam the door. That's how they handled it. it was, but it was because of what was said to them or they shut down, become sad and, and just depressed over words that are said to them over and over. Words have power. And uh, our... Our God started this world with his words. Let there be light. And there was light. See how powerful the word is? And he's in us. That creative voice dwells inside of us. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. I can't hunt, and you, I don't hunt, 
this lion that goes about seeking whom he may devour. I can't hunt him with a rifle. I can't uh, hit him with a spear, but he can't do anything against my praise. <laughs> he can't do anything against what I... Let me show you how, what he wants to do. His whole objective in the book of Job. Satan stands before God and says, let me take his stuff. Or, and then a little later says, let me afflict his body and, and afflict his health. And You know what his whole objective was? Was that he would change his words and that he would begin to curse God to his face. He said, I want him to speak different than he does now. But you know why the latter end of Job was greater? Because when it hit him, when the enemy came in like a flood, he fell down and said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. This is what Job said. These are the words of Job. It wasn't the, the dust on his head. It wasn't the ashes he was sitting in. It was his words. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's praise. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It's his words. When I can't perceive him, this is what I know, that he knows the way that I take. I will not let go of my integrity. These are the things that Job spoke in the middle of his dilemma. And the latter end of Job was blessed greater than his beginning. What we speak has power. God's good, ain't he? Give him another hand clap and a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing for a moment. You can be seated. I won't be long today, I know, but I know that the Lord was leading this service in this way, and I want to encourage you today. I didn't even mention Job in, this, in these notes, but I do know that Job was a figure not just in the Old Testament, but in the New, because in the New Testament it is written, you have heard of the patience of Job. He was a teaching point. He was a, an, an example to God's people uh, how to endure, how to survive an onslaught in your life. Job did not just have a rash uh, that broke out. Uh, his children were lost. They were destroyed. His uh, wealth, his income, his source of financial security was taken from him. Then his health was attacked and boils began to break out on his body and even his relationship with his wife was a little shaky as she did not share the same faith that Job said. Even she tried to get him to change his words. She said, do you still retain your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? Why don't you change the way you're speaking in this situation? But Job knew something that uh, and where he had learned it over the years, I don't know. But what I do know is that what he spoke. You don't see him doing a lot of things except you read what he said. We know that he shaved his head. We know that he sat in ashes. We know that. But then that's it. It's about what he did. That's what he did. And even when uh, God was... Uh, correcting him and correcting his friends. He said, I'm going to have Job pray for you. I'm going to have him say some words that are going to change some things. What we speak to our situation uh, has power. How we address our situation. I, I think of David, how that he uh, walked out uh, onto that battlefield and Goliath was speaking Goliath had not thrown his spear. He had not swung his sword. And yet his words had God's people shaking in their armor. They were hiding behind the trees and hiding in their tents. And they were not going out to the battle because they were afraid of one man's words. That Can he do what he's saying he will do? He will take off our head. He's going to make us his service. And so they were afraid to approach him. But David... Uh, wanted to know who is this man that is defying the armies of the living God and who is speaking these great words against God. And, and he said, I will. They, he, 
I'll speak to you first, king. Don't worry about it. I'll handle it. That's paraphrasing it. That's from the Message Bible, I think. Uh, I'll take care of this fellow down here that's running his mouth. I'll, I'll, I'll put him in his place. But when he went out before David ever threw a rock, before David ever loaded that sling, he, 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 he spoke to what was in front of him. You come to me with all your weapons, your spear, your shield, your sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he let that rock fly, and it found its mark, and the giant was, was killed by David, and, and all Israel was set free and, and pursued. After they just Then they realized, hey, look at this, and they took off. They chased the Philistines and began to defeat them, but it was what David said. Yes, looking at it, it looked like this is more than David can handle. Even Saul said, David, Goliath has been a man of war from his youth. He's always been a giant. He's, he's huge and he's a fighter and he's killed so many people. He's been a man of war. He's skilled in this and you are only a youth. I attribute no killing skills to you at all. But David just testified of the Lord. There was a bear came out trying to attack my sheep. There was a lion came out trying to attack my sheep. And God gave them both to me. I took him by the beard and slew him. And I delivered that sheep out of his mouth. And this Philistine will be no different. That's what he said. Oh, what are we saying to the things that are attacking our life? How are we speaking in our situations? You can't just speak out of your emotions and expect to get anywhere. You, you, you can't just speak out of your frustration and expect to get anywhere. You can't just speak out of your flesh and expect to get anywhere. But when you speak in faith, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 and 13, we, talking to the church, us, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe. It just wasn't for them in the past. He's, he's letting them know. That, that's, I'll read it in a minute, but that line is from Psalm 116. He said it wasn't just for the psalmist. It wasn't just for those people in that day. He said, but we also believe, and therefore we speak. Oh, I'm telling you, the power of what we speak cannot be understated. There is power in our words. Hey, yeah, hey, you know, there's a, a one, I believe Brother Arnold said one time, said there's a miracle in your mouth by what you'll speak. Proverbs 18 and 21 says that death and life, not in the gun, not in the sword, not in the spear, not in the army, death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's in what you say. And I know that sometimes we're, we're speak life, speak life, speak life. That's right. But David spoke death to Goliath. He spoke death to him because he said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to deliver your body. I'm going to take your head off your body. He couldn't even reach his head. He had to knock him all the way to the ground so he could get to him. But he said, I'm going to speak. And that's the thing. We can speak life into our situation we can begin to speak hope into our situation. We can speak death to things that are trying to harm us. The power is in our tongue because if we believe, we speak. But you've got to believe what you're saying. You've got to follow through with it. You can't just clam up and, and hide and ball up and bury your head in the sand and hope it's going to get better. The scripture says there is a time to keep silent and there is a time to speak. I get sometimes we need to shut our mouth. But there's a time and a season for everything and a purpose for everything that's done under the sun, the scripture says. And under this sun, in this life we live, sometimes we need to start speaking up. We need to start talking uh, to our situations. The power to be whole, to be made whole, it starts with what you say. The power to see a change can start with what you say. 
There's a lot more power in your voice than what you realize. You know that Jesus would ask people sometimes. He, he didn't just go up and tap somebody and go, boo, hey, you're healed. But you know, there was a man who came before him. He was blind. It's obvious they're leading him by the hand. So why would you say, what do you want me to do? Hey, what would you have me do? Because this guy might, he might like money more than his eyesight. Hey, if you could give me a million dollars, that'd be cool. I'd be set for life. I'd still be blind, but I'd be rich. And, you know, and women love rich people, so I, it don't matter if I'm blind or not. I can, get, I can get me a wife. I mean, but he said, what is it you'd have me do? And he said, that I might receive my sight. Now, why would you say that to Jesus? Because I believe he can do it. That's what I want. That's what I said. And that's what happened. It's what he wanted. It's what he said. It's what he believed. And it's what happened. Because he received his sight. It starts with uh, what we say because it's that spirit of faith. We also believe, so we speak. We've let the world dumb us down to nothing but a bunch of fanatical people that run around and flip in the floor and talk in tongues amongst ourselves instead of walking outside of these walls speaking to our situation. I just remember my grandparents, them talking about all these miracles and signs and wonders. You know why? Because they spoke to their situations. That when things went wrong, they didn't go, well, that's it. I'm just giving up. I'm throwing in the towel. God must not love me. They would pray and say, God, you're worthy and you're sovereign and I trust you and I love you and I worship you and I'll serve you and I'll be like Job. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord and and then they'd come out on top and they'd see signs and wonders and miracles and be victorious, but it wasn't because they had a sword in their hand or a spear in their hand, but they had praise in their lips. They had a praise in their heart. They had something that just came out of them. It was faith. It was a spirit of faith. And yeah, it'd be tough. It was only for those in the Old Testament or if it was only for these in this book but honey, you and I are part of that great cloud of witnesses. And the reason that we are is because the same spirit of faith is inside of us. And so we also believe, therefore we speak. God's people have been silent long enough. It's got to be more than just inside these four walls us singing to each other and talking to each other. But what are we doing when we're by ourselves? What are you saying to what's attacking you? There's power in what you speak. Oh, I just don't know if words really, well, with that mindset, they won't. Moses, speak to that rock. That's all he would have had to done. He wanted to be a little upset, so he took his stick. But God said, if you want water out of that rock, just speak to it. Speak. It'll come. Just say these things, and it'll happen. Speak to it, and it'll come to pass. Speak. And it's going to, you'll be so surprised at what you'll see. Like I say, natural eye, here comes uh, Goliath. Oh, he's nine foot tall, you know, depending on how you stay, what, where you read it, up to at least nine foot tall, maybe taller than that. But then here's David, and he's just a use. He may not be through growing yet. You know, he, he, he's, he, if he's a teenager, you know how he is. He, he eats all the time, and he's skinny. That's teenagers, man. They never stop eating and they don't gain any weight and they're just little. I, was, I used to be a teenager. Not no more. It's obvious. But in the natural mind, he's about 
to die. Goliath will squash him like a bug. This is never going to happen. This is, uh, his brothers are, are, his natural brothers are just watching. Yep. You're going to let your mouth. <laughs> we used to tell people sometimes, you're going to let your mouth write a check. But let me tell you, when you're speaking in faith, you write all the checks you want. They won't never bounce. God will back them up. God will take care of it. God will make sure. Because when you believe him, when you trust him, he, he wants you to speak to those things that seem impossible. And he wants you to look at it and go like, yeah, I see it. But you ain't bigger than my God. I see what's going on here, but you ain't stronger than him. You, you ain't... You ain't ever been bad enough to beat my God or to beat my faith in God where's your faith at today oh, I hope it was more than just uh, uh, more than just when you, you came to the water because even then you got to confess him with, with the mouth we confess and that, that confession is salvation even the, the eunuch had to say I believe with all my heart you know and uh, before he would even, before Philip would even baptize him, he said, "You, uh, do you believe?" And he said, "I believe." He he spoke it out. You, you got to make that confession with your mouth. It's it's your salvation. But then it's more than that. It's it's what gets you through every day. It it will when you make your mind up. It's it's going to help you. It's going to save you. In the book of Mark, chapter five. I hope this is all right today. In Mark chapter five, I was reading this this morning and. Uh, I thought I was actually going, I thought the Lord was leading me in another place when he brought me to this scripture, uh, to this passage. It's so familiar. And I thought, okay, I see what you're talking about. You're going, I, I, was, I just knew he was going, you're going to talk about restoration, and it, but it wasn't that uh, so much. Uh, that's part of the story, but it was, you're going to see what I'm talking about here in verse 25. It says, a certain woman, she had an issue of blood 12 years she had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had. She was nothing better, but rather she grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus, after she had heard of him, she came in the press behind and she touched his garment. Why did she do that? Why did she touch his garment? Why, why after she had heard of Jesus, was it so important to, to, to press her way through the crowd, get to where she could touch him? Verse 28, for she said, she heard of Jesus and she believed. And when she knew he was coming, she said, there's nothing going to stop me. And she said, uh, why, why, why are you pushing me out of the way? Why are you crawling across the ground? Why are you so adamant to get to where he's at? For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. She believed and she spoke it. And I don't know if she told her neighbor that or who, but she said it. And if it was only to her, she said it. What are you saying to yourself about your situation? Are you saying it won't work? Are you saying it's hopeless? Are you saying I'm just a loser? I'm just a failure? There's no hope? Or are you saying with God, all things are possible. If I can just touch the Lord, I'm going to be made whole. If I can just get into his presence, things are going to change. We must believe the scripture says that he is God and that he is a rewarder of them that will diligently seek him. It can be bad. It was bad for her. I don't know how this started, 12 years of this. So I don't know how she was when it started, uh, when it was in her life, but 12 years it started. It's bad when it started, but for 12 years it got worse and it got worse and nothing she tried was working. Oh, she tried everything natural. Uh, I'm spending all my money. I'm going to see this doctor. I got this referral. I got a specialist. I'm going to, over to Capernaum and I'm going to see this doctor. Then I'm riding over to Syria and I'm going to see this doctor. And, uh, nobody in Jerusalem even see me anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm, I'm broke now. I spent it all. I've had every diagnosis. I'm not better. 
probably got weeks, maybe days to live. I, my, my blood is draining from my body. I, the life is in the blood and the, my life is draining away. Hey, I heard Jesus was coming through town. Wait a second, I've heard of him. That's that guy that raises the dead. That's that guy opens the blinded eyes, right? Yeah, that, that Jesus, that's him. Yeah, the one pushing the people out of the way, getting through the crowd. I got to get to him. What are you doing? Why is it so? She said, she made her mind up. And she said, if I can just touch him, I will be. It might, she didn't say, if I can touch him, it might work. If I can touch him, we'll see what happens. Oh, if I can touch him, I shall be whole. I know there's something in God that I need. I know there's something in my Savior that I need. It, this ain't a, a might happen or probably happen. It's going to happen. It shall happen. I shall be whole. But before she ever started making that press, she said, Oh, there's power, so much power in what you speak. Now, let's just read what happened. She went home disappointed. She died the next day. Straightway, immediately the fountain of her blows dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. She had had no official diagnosis, but she knew something's different. Oh, you just need to believe what you feel when God touches you. You need to have faith that what, when once I have done what I said I was going to do, that it worked. Come on, somebody. Oh, God, I know you're going to do this. You're going to do this. I know it's going to happen. You're going to make it work. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. Oh, I hope he heard my prayer. I wonder if he's listening. I wonder if it's been too bad for him to talk to me anymore. <laughs> Let me tell you, before she ever made it to a, a doctor to get checked out, before she got home to inspect herself, whatever it was that she wanted to do to verify this miracle, she already knew that Jesus had taken care of it. Or oh, if we would get up from these altars knowing that he's already taken care of it. I'm praying about my job. I won't know till tomorrow, but I believe it's handled. I'm, I'm praying about my family, and I hadn't seen them yet, but, but I'm just going to believe already that it's handled. I'm telling you, if we could just start having faith that God will do, and he shall do, and it's going to happen. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. God will supply. She didn't pay Jesus. She wasn't even going to speak to him. I don't want to bother you. I'm just, I'm just going to get that miracle that's floating by. <laughs> hey, virtue just, and here it is. Who touched me? Who touched me? You see about six, 700 people right here. And you won't know who touched you. There's people touching you right now. What are you talking about? Who, who touched you? We can't turn around without bumping noses with somebody. We're, they're thronging him. And yet, I don't hear nobody else getting healed. But I read about a certain woman. Now, that could mean that she was a woman in particular. or, But I like to think of it. I heard Brother Spell preach this a long time ago. And I've, I've loved it so good. But you know when you're certain about something? I'm certain this will work. That's what he preached. And he said she was certain. She was certain it would work. And you know what? While all them other people was around touching him and you don't hear about nothing else going on, you hear about this one little woman who said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be, oh, what are you saying to what's going on in your life? Okay, let me, let me give you something that you'll believe. Hang on. Give me Matthew 17 and 20. And Jesus said, let's, hold on. Show of hands. Anybody believe what Jesus says? Okay. If he says it, you know, he, he's bound by his word too. And his word is forever settled in heaven. His word is, so it's, and his word will accomplish what it sets out to accomplish. So it's going to do, it won't return void, the Lord says. So Jesus said, so this works. He said unto them, because of your unbelief, he's talking about 
they, they didn't believe. They were speaking, but they didn't believe. They were trying to cast a devil out of a, out of a young man. They couldn't do it. And they said, why couldn't we do it? He said, because of your unbelief. You were saying the right words, but you didn't believe. You, you had seen somebody else doing it. You, you'd watched me, but it, so you thought, oh, I'll just try it. That happened in the book of Acts too. They, they tried to go cast out. They were going to exercise this demon out of a guy, them sons of Sceva. We adjure you by Jesus that Paul preaches. Come out. Well, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know you. And, uh, but I'm about to. Pap, pap, pap. And it, it wore them out. And they didn't win. They, they ran. But we have that same spirit of faith. And we believe. Therefore, we speak. So now, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, the Lord says, if you have faith as great of a mustard seed. And oh, that's where we stop. Oh, if you'll just have faith like mustard seed. But I didn't have a pack of seeds and it don't do nothing. You got to sow it. You sow, you sow faith with your words. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. That's how we receive it. That's how we distribute it. You shall say under this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. You need to start putting some stuff over yonder. Get it out of your life and put it over yonder. And it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Back up that screen right there. And ye shall say, there is power in what you speak. This is not a pipe dream. This is not just, whoo, let's shout a little bit. I'm telling you that God's people have an authority. They have power in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And friend, I am telling you that he said, you can say to a mountain. Now, I have been to a lot of different mountains uh, and been fortunate to do so. And uh, we have been at the base of mountains that were 14,000 feet. And he said, you can say to that mountain, be removed. It can be such a ginormous problem that it seems like a mountain in your life. And you don't need dynamite. You don't need a tractor. You don't need a construction crew. You just simply need to have faith and then say. It's not enough to believe. You got to follow through on what you believe. And the scripture says, hey, look, it ain't about cartwheels or somersaults or any of that. It's about what are you saying to what's going on in your life? What are you speaking to your problem? But then, live like it's handled. Live like it's gone. Quit, quit living like he didn't hear you. Quit living like it didn't, that it's not going to happen. Just start living like it's going to happen. Oh, man. If we could just start, you know, like I said, this woman, she had to just go home, you know, go home and check and, and do whatever she had to do, get an exam, do something. She, she said, I know what I feel. I'm going to verify it. It happened. She walked away knowing. She knew within herself that she was healed of that plague. Oh, sometimes, whether you see, see the test results or not, if they... If the results hadn't come in, if the scan's not back, if the phone call hadn't come in, you just need to be saying it doesn't matter what they say when they call. It's done. I'm not going to live all week. Oh, what's going to happen? Because I already said it's going to be done. I already knew if I could find a place in prayer and touch the Lord, if I could get in my closet and touch God, if I could uh, get down on my knees and, and get in his presence, that it will be done. In Psalm, I'm going to read to you now where it was in Psalm that they pulled this from. And I, I'm not very, yeah, I'm almost done. Look at that. The psalmist said in Psalm 116, I love the Lord. Now people say, I got a lot of reasons for loving God. I love him because he delivered me. I love him because he, he healed me. I love, but you know, he didn't deliver you, save you, heal you, lest you spoke first. The Bible says we come before the Lord to come with 
words. Come with words. And so he said, I love the Lord because he's heard my voice. Because if he hears my voice, needs are getting met. Miracles are happening. Blessings are falling. Because I'm, I'm speaking life. I'm speaking death. I'm speaking miracles. I'm speaking God to move in my life. He said, I love the Lord because he heard my voice and he heard my supplications. Because he has inclined his ear unto me. He said, now get this. He's not saying the Lord is responding to his voice. He said, because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore, for that reason, will I call upon him as long as I live. He said, God's already... Because I see God doing this, I'm going to be calling on him. I'm going to be talking to him. I'm going to be lifting up my voice. He said, because he has inclined his ear, then I'm going to call on him as long as I live. I will never let go of the power I have of what I speak. He said, the sorrow, listen, the sorrows of death come past me. The pains of hell got hold of me. I found trouble. I found sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. Why? Because he believes in the Lord. Oh, Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Now, you're probably never going to say beseech ever unless you're preaching sometime and reading the book. I don't know many people that get down to pray and say, I beseech you, Lord. But this is the writing. Here it is. That means he's serious. I mean, Lord, this is a, a need. I got to have you. I beseech you, deliver my soul. And then gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. The only thing I read that he's done so far is called on him, spoke it. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. Whew, isn't that a feeling? Just return unto my soul, rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I was. I believed, therefore have I spoken. What did you do when the sorrows of death and hell and things have got a hold of you? He said, I talked to the Lord. I spoke about it. I talked to, what, to this God that I serve, and, and I love the Lord because he heard my voice. How do you know he heard? Because he did what he said he would do. He did what he said he would do. He, he did what I said I believed. I believed, therefore, I have spoken. And uh, you can go ahead and turn, uh, stand with me, honey. You can come on up to the music. In Luke chapter 15, you know this, this passage so well. We talk about prodigals all the time. But I like what started this prodigal's return and why he got the outcome that he didn't expect. In verse 17, the prodigal, he had spent all his money, all his inheritance. He was working in a pigsty, feeding swine. He was starving to death. He was nasty, filthy, stunk. He was burnt out, used up. But it said, when he came to himself, he said, when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. He's not done speaking. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. When he was a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. He didn't just say, you know what, you know what that was? He felt the father's presence. You know what happens to us? Is we start out with a mission statement. I'm going to that altar. I'm going to get delivered. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. 
we get down here and we lift our hands, we feel the presence of the Lord and we think, well, that must be it. But he had already said, when I get there, this is what I'm going to say. Listen, he said it to himself, then he said it to his father. When you say it, you got to follow through. And so after his father had hugged him and kissed him and wept on him and, and he knew, hey, I'm, I'm accepted, I'm back. I mean, there's no mistaking this outpouring of love that he has. But he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven in your sight. I am no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead, he's alive again, he was lost, he's found, and they began to be merry. The great thing about speaking like that is what we find in Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask. He just asked, hey, can I just be a servant? I'll just, that's what he said. He said, I'll just go home and ask my father, can I just be a servant? And the father said, that's sweet. That's humble. But no, bring him a robe, bring him some shoes, put this ring on his finger, kill the fatted calf. This is my son. He was dead and he's alive. He was lost and he's found. And let's, let's celebrate now. My son is back. So God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. But if you're not asking, we have not because we ask not that we ask or think, if there first be a will in mind, it is accepted according to that a man has and not that he has not. And I know what I have because the scripture says we all have that spirit of faith. And so I'm, I may not have everything I need to fix it, but I got faith. The power that worketh in us, God can do so much more. So, as we get ready to come to the altar today, you don't even have to say it out loud. You don't want to. But I know that you've got a need. You've got something you're talking to God about or want to talk to Him about and haven't talked to Him about. Or maybe it's an old need that you've just been saying the wrong stuff about. It won't work. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I'm pathetic, whatever it is, however you're speaking, all that negative junk. It's time to get rid of that. And as you can start walking to this altar, I want you to imagine yourself coming out of the pig pen. This is what I'm going to say when I get there. Or I want you to imagine yourself pushing through the crowd and this is what I'm going to say when I get there. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. While she's singing, the altar's open. What are you going to say when you get here? There's power in what you speak. What are you going to say when you get down before the Lord? When you kneel before the throne to find help in your time of need, what are you going to say? Come and speak it to the Lord. Speak it to yourself.
you would just stretch your hands out this way. There's some that are praying and they are speaking out in faith. I would that we would all just speak a word of faith toward them right now that God would give them the desires of their heart. Give me one second. We're going to pray one more time. I want you to listen to me one more time. The Bible says that we shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon us. The Lord spoke that in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. We read that. And then when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, what was the sign? They were all speaking. It was speaking, power and speaking. The evidence of his spirit, of being filled with his spirit. There's power in what you speak. When you pray, the Bible says sometimes we pray and the spirit begins to intercede because we don't even know what to say. So he intercedes to speak for us so that uh, 
our needs can be met and the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. So we're going to lift our hands together one more time. And if it's been a while since you spoke in tongues, it's still there. Won't you lift your hands and just begin to let the Lord speak. There's power. There's power in that language. There's power. Truly, the prophet said, I am full of power by the Spirit. He said, I am full of power by the Spirit. Jesus, in your name. Power. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. 
I'm so thankful for what the Lord's doing. I'm so thankful that His Word still works. It's wonderful just seeing people re, just renewed and refreshed in the Spirit today. God, listen, that's it. You come down here and you, you believe His Word. You, you just go ahead and say, it, I'm going. I used to hear people say, man, I'm going to that altar. I'm getting me a blessing tonight. I'm getting my healing. I'm getting my miracle. And they walk out there with that healing or that miracle because they made up mind. Make your mind up. Speak it out. Follow through. And trust the Lord always. He never failed us yet. Praise God. Thank you for being here and just worshiping, responding to God's word. I appreciate our music. And darling, thank you for singing for us today. All of our media guys, everything. Thank you for all of that. All the guys that came and worked yesterday, God bless you. Thank you for uh, getting some of that stuff done. It's looking a lot better. Seeing a lot of exterior changes in the next few weeks. We're freshening up the front of our church. So it's going to be nice. It's going to look good. So looking forward to it. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we will be here just praying and worshiping God, speaking once again. And we'll have communion together. So be here if you can. We love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.